Welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional, a sales leader, or just starting out, you're going to find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your own sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. Today, we're welcoming Pete Evans of Immerse. Pete is a business growth specialist, a sales effectiveness expert, and a high-performance sales coach. He is specializing in helping companies drive clear revenue strategies, a sales-ready mindset, and looking at the sales function for companies now and in the future. We're excited to have Pete on the show. Let's get started with the art and science of complex sales. Hey, Pete. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here this afternoon, Paul. So thanks for inviting us to participate in your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I love having you. We uh, Just for full transparency, Pete and I have known each other for a while and uh, we're partners in business and able to, you know, we work with Membrane and, and Immerse Group. So it, it's long overdue, my man. Yeah, it is. Very much looking forward to the discussion and the questions you're going to ask this afternoon. So the first, the first question, and people that are listeners to the show uh, get this one, they know that I have to ask it. So we need to set a baseline. This is about the art and, the art and science of sales and yes. complex sales. So Pete, what is sales to you? How do you define it? You know, I, I, think, I think that's a fantastic question. I think sales means lots of things to lots of different people. But I think for me, at its very basic level, Sales is about having a high-quality conversation with somebody. It's about the ability to ask great questions and sufficient questions. And I think it's also about listening. So I think the more questions you ask of a, of a prospect or an existing client, the more you can really dig deep with that prospect and you know, have a discussion about their challenges and their problems. You know, I was with a was with a client stage facilitating a workshop and we were you know we're discussing the client's not really interested in your product what they're interested in is can you help them solve the problem because everything that we we buy provide you know it provides us with a solution you know if you think about it, if we go to the this very basic level if we go into a supermarket to buy food actually we're buying food to give us energy you know to keep alive that that's our that's our problem as humans you know how do you have sufficient energy to um, to get through the day, and then if you extrapolate that into into complex sales, your customers and prospects have challenges, and sometimes your customers and prospects don't even know what those challenges are. So a great salesperson will feel comfortable having a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. They'll feel comfortable asking questions, and they'll also feel really comfortable about um, digging deep into that conversation, and. Uh, a friend of mine said it's a bit like when you've got a garden and there's lots of weeds in the garden. You can superficially dig into the garden and you think you've actually got rid of all the weeds. And then a week later, you find your garden's full of weeds again. And he said, it's because you haven't dug deep enough to really get to the root of the weeds. He said, you've just taken up a top layer of the weeds. And he said, that's what sales is about. You've really got to dig deep into the conversation. 
So if we're defining it by if we're defining it by conversation, right? So the art of the conversation that is getting to a getting to a problem, then how how are we helping others have conversations? Like what what are the things that you're finding uh, in market that is really helping to people drive that drive conversations? Again, that's a, that's another great question. I think what's helping drive conversations, and I've heard this, I've actually heard this many many times. You know, from different sales experts, you know, both both in the UK and, and globally. I'm going to break this down into three um, three component parts. One is preparation. You know, I, I think if you're going to have a meeting with somebody, and I apply this principle both to your prospects and existing clients, you've got to you've got to do your research. So, as an example of that, I might have arranged a meeting with you, Paul. You might be the the buyer, the ultimate user of my product or service, but there will be other people involved in the buying decision in your organisation. So being able to go to the meeting and, and map that out for you as well, I think is really important. I think also in terms of research, these days, because of the internet, you can find out so much information about your prospect. You know, you, you can find out things like the turnover, the structure of the business, there will be lots of information news articles, press releases, et cetera. So be, I think be well-researched because I think when you show up to a meeting as a salesperson and you can demonstrate you've already done some homework on the prospect, I think that elevates you as a trusted advisor. So that I think that's one aspect to it. I think that the second aspect, which I were really keen on as a business, is actually getting salespeople to practice um i know the salespeople. i can see you smiling but don't like role plays because they say it's not a real life environment but you know how many businesses out there are paying their salespeople to practice on both on their prospects and their existing clients you know i mean I, we were talking before and i'm a i'm a big sports fan big you know fan of uh, um a sport in the uk called rugby league but also for rugby union but it, you know sports teams practice their moves before they enter on on the pitch i know sometimes when you're watching your favorite team you may think they haven't practiced during the week but they they do practice the their moves so they get better at it and i think practice and role play is essential to having high quality conversations even if you Absolutely. break you know even if you break it down into the practice of the component parts of the meeting you know you can improve so you for example you could take the opening of the meeting you know how do i make sure that if i'm meeting with paul you know i really engage with him properly how do i build that rapport and trust really quickly uh, so i think practicing these elements if you practice something you get better at it and i'm gonna i'm gonna relate it <clears throat> to something that i've been doing as well outside of work so i'm I'm training to run a marathon. I've never run a marathon before. I've got a personal trainer. And the personal trainer said to me in the first session, I'm actually, we're actually going to practice the basics of the exercise you've got to do. And not until you've mastered the basics are we going to move on to something else. And he said, it's going to be repetitive. He said, but it's going to be foundational. And I said, why? He said, because... Oh, people come in into, into this gym and I see them doing their, and he says, they're very macho. They go and they try and lift 100 pounds and they can't because they get 
they get the technique wrong. He said, in anything you do in life, it, if you can do the basics well, you can build on the foundations. He says, well, in sport, you've got to keep practicing the basics. And I think that's the same in sales. You, you know, to have a great conversation, you've got to practice those basics well. And so I, think- have, I, I, uh, I actually had uh, a conversation you know, some months back where Dave, Dave Curlin made an awesome point. He said, practice makes permanent. Right. So we talk about uh, practice makes perfect. Well, if you're doing, if you're practicing wrong, right? You're, it's, it's, if you're practicing wrong, it doesn't make perfect. It makes you permanently imperfect. But that makes a lot of sense when you, you're talking about the foundations and the basics. I don't want to interrupt there because you had three P's, I think, or three, yeah, it's, 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 three it's, it's, things. So preparation, practice, and practice. I, and actually, I think writing down questions that you want to ask. So have a, what I do is I have a pad and I map out some questions I want to ask. And it's not about having um, a script, but it's having some pointers. Uh, and I think even, you know, I mean, obviously we, we do a lot of our discovery meetings, you know, using Teams, using Zoom. But what I would do if I was doing a meeting face-to-face, I've done some preparation, I've got some notes. So have a list of questions that you want to ask. And I think that's really key. But also, this comes back to the first two points about preparation and practice. When you practice and the prospect says, for example, well, Pete, last year our sales declined by 15%. It's then knowing what follow-up questions to ask. So I might say to you, if you said that to me, so what impact has that had on your business, Paul? Mm-hmm. What step or, or what things you've had to do in the business? Because if, you know, if your revenue declined by 15%, what impact does that have on your on your net profit as a business? What can't you do? So it's understanding when you ask one question, you know, dig a bit deeper as well. So I, I think those are three things that you can do to have a great conversation. There is a follow-up one. Here's a bonus one, Paul. Yeah, you've really got to listen, and I think you've got to li- you've got to listen with intent. So. You know, what, what, a, what we notice in Merce working with clients is lots of salespeople will ask a question and the prospect will be sharing some nuggets, but the salesperson is listening to respond rather than truly listening. So you might, for example, if I, if I was talking to you about sales transformation, I was saying, you know, Paul, t- tell me about membranes growth, where are your, where are your challenges of head of sales? And you might start by saying, well, you know, we've got some great people, Pete, but they're not they're not as effective as they um as they could be. And I'm about thinking, oh, so they're not as effective as they could be. Right, Paul, can I sell you a coaching program? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sure remember you don't need a coaching program. Um but you might then go on to say, and do you know what, Pete, we've got a we've got lots of deals in our pipeline that don't seem to don't seem to close or we're not making the same margins. And if I'm really listening to you, I can say, hey, Paul, so can I just can I just play back to you what you've just said? Are, the, are these three things that are having an impact on your ability to grow revenue? Could we unpack those a bit more? Would that be beneficial to unpack them a bit more? Or, Paul, I'm really keen to understand a bit more about these challenges. So, so it, it, it's really listening, and I think, 
summarizing and checking as well you know is a great skill in sales and, and listening to people let's see if i can summarize and and check on this because we just gone we've gone around the around the horn a bit but yeah. what i heard you say is uh three we talked about talked about conversations and how to have a great conversation. So you gave three tips around those preparation practice and pointers, right? So, yeah. and preparation is building, being able to be knowledgeable enough to, yeah. to build trust uh, with the client practices, really being able to build trust with yourself that you can go yeah. in and do this stuff. And then pointers is kind of map the way. And then you talk about wrapping that up with listening with intent so if you do the three P's, then you're able to truly listen with intent. Do I get it? Yeah. And yeah. I, I think showing genuine interest in the other person, that doesn't mean that you have to like them. But I think it's things like being able to have eye contact with people. I think when you're on screen, not being distracted. I'm sure, Paul, you know, you've been on uh, plenty of Zoom meetings where, you know, you've suddenly seen the other person pick up their phone and they're tapping mm-hmm. away on the screen. And you're thinking they're not, they're not giving my, <laughs> yeah, they're not what? giving you full attention. <laughs> what are you talking about, Pete? <laughs> I don't know. I Sorry for the, this is audio. I forgot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sitting here texting. Yeah. I, I yeah. completely missed you. Completely yeah. missed you. but I think that you know that these sorts of things happen, and I've I've observed them. You know, and I think you've got to completely focus on the other person. You know, if you're, you know, we're talking about the art and science of complex sales here. We, you know, we're talking about complex deals and as a salesperson you know you're wanting to create a situation where your prospect is going to buy off your company rather than the competitor mm. and you've got to truly listen you know you could be talking about deals of fifty thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars plus and if you're not paying attention you're giving you're giving signals out about your organization and how they deal with things and so i think you've got to you know that conversation is not just about your questions. It's about your body language, the way you're interacting with people. And I think that's so important because people pick up on the signs as well. One of the things that I'm overall from our conversations, I mean, you're not, we're not talking about anything that's like groundbreaking or next level, or we are talking about fundamentals and foundations. And so in your experience with, with salespeople and with coaching, you know, Tell me a little bit about how you how we work with people on the mindset to make sure that we're focusing on those fundamentals and foundations and to do it well. Like, because yeah. that that seems to be a differentiator. I think it's very, I think it's very much a, a differentiator, and I, and it's interesting you're saying this isn't you know necessarily anything new or or revolutionary. Yeah, and that was not meant to be a knock. I think it's fantastic. I think yeah. the foundational is the is the truth, right? Is is how do we get to the truth of the matter? So yeah, and I think I'm just going to talk about you know my experience of studying you know successful sports people, athletes, etc. And they all talk about getting the foundations right and getting the the basics right. You know, it's so important. I think there's an interesting conversation around talent. And then mindset. And I've come across a lot of people who've got the talent. They've probably got what I call the gift of the gab. You know, they can t- they, they've got all the patter. But when it comes to actually applying themselves and their skill, they like the mindset to it because they, they're trying to sell on, you know, their winning personality. 
I remember quite a few years ago doing a Salesforce evaluation of a company and the the top producer was bringing in $20 million of revenue per annum. And the, his OMG evaluation wasn't particularly good. And he said, well, what you've got to understand, Pete, the two clients I work with love me and I've got a winning, I've got a winning personality. And then what was interesting was that all the other salespeople in this organization were copying his behavior, but it wasn't scalable and it wasn't, it wasn't repeatable because actually what this individual was doing, he wasn't doing the basics well. So he, he was, he was cutting corners. And I think it's the same in sales. Lots of people know what to do, but they're like their mindset to, and the discipline to apply it as well. Uh, and I think just a bit of a plug for Membrane here is that what tools like Membrane do, it's not just a collection of data, but it's got the process in place to make sure that you follow that process consistently, but you can also be coached around the things that you might not be strong at in the sales process. And I, I think this is really important for salespeople and sales leads and sales managers to understand that you've got to coach people around the process because if you miss steps out in the process, you're decreasing your chances of winning. And that, that is, that is so important. Yeah. I, I uh, learned a important lesson. Uh, it was early in my career. I had, uh, it was one of my, one of the, my favorite uh, success stories that I've, I've, I've ever been a part of. And this gentleman is a really good friend of mine. You know, I, I hired him very early in his career and he was not good as a salesperson. Like, uh, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have uh, any of what people would necessarily say are the, you know, the natural talent abilities of a salesperson. He bought a book and read it. It's called Talent is Overrated by a guy named Jeff Colvin. And he gave me a copy of the book. He bought the book. And it was one of those things that if, if I can, I truly looked at this and it was like, talent is, is needed. You need to have some base talent, but the, the, the critical thing is that mindset to be able to flip that mindset and that discipline to be able to learn and work, and then to be able to follow processes to do it really, really well. And essentially that's, you know, Jeff's, I'm summarizing, but his thesis of the book is that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily, it's not always the most talented people that are the most successful. It's people that get the, the coaching that's needed, have the process that's needed and have the discipline and drive to continue and persevere yeah. rather than, uh, and this, this gentleman now is like, uh, I, I told him when I hired him, like, I, I'd like you to be, I'd like to work for you someday. Yeah. Is what I said. Yeah. I, and, and I'm well, he's well on that way to be able to making that a yeah. reality. Like, and so that's what I'm hearing you say yeah. is it's, it's like, how do we, and so that mindset is so critical and that mindset of a salesperson is so critical. How do you, how do you focus on that with a team member? What are you finding that's really helping people drive a mindset of a perseverance and success and discipline and, and, and focus on that? Like, how, well, I, I mean, I'm going to relate this to some of the, um, some of the findings we see using objective management group evaluations with sales teams. So I think one of the things we notice in Salesforce evaluations is lots of salespeople don't have written down personal goals. 
and I, I think that you know, I, and I've seen this with sport, you know, professional sports people that where people have written down personal goals, when the going gets a bit tough, you've got something to relate to, and I think this is a starting point. And I think what's interesting is that when you talk, you've used some words that are like discipline and and commitment. And we had in when I was running the UK operational sales star, Jamie Peacock, who was a great international rugby league international. He said that it's very easy to get out of bed in the morning and go training when you feel great and the sun is shining. He said, but when your body's aching and you open the curtains and you look out the window and it's hailstoning and it's a 20 mile an hour wind, it's really difficult to drag yourself out of bed. And he said, this isn't just to do with sport. This is to do with things that you have to, you want to achieve in life. And he said, the things that keep you motivated are your personal goals. And he said, you learn more about yourself when you do drag yourself out to bed, when you don't feel like doing it. And I, there are so many correlations between success in sports, success in business, and success in sales. There are some days, I think, when we all feel, listen, this is about our humility as sales leaders, is that we probably don't feel like picking up the phone. You know, um, we might have an argument with a member of family, we're looking at our prospect list, or we're looking at our discovery meeting and thinking, that poor fella, he's good, he's good, he's difficult to deal with. And I don't feel like it because I've had a nice partner or whatever. <laughs> but I, I, I think to keep your motivation going, you've got to focus on your goals. And I think the managers and leaders have got to understand their people better and what their, you know, what their, what their drivers are. I'm going to, going to share an, a, um, an example. This is a salesperson, a, a client that I'm, I'm working with. The, the salesperson has had some real challenges. He, he can sell. He's got a he's got a technical background. He's really pushed back in the last few months, you know, about changing his behaviours and doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And in a in a coaching session, I said, "We we've got we talked about changing mindset." And I said, "Well." He said, well, I don't really read, I don't listen to, I don't listen to Audible. Listen, I, I think I'm going to get the and actually his objective is that he he wants to focus on earning a £20,000 bonus in the next 12 months. That would mean a lot to him, what that bonus could do for him personally, take his family on holiday, etc. So we've really focused on that. So I said, well, if you carry on doing the things you've always done, what are the chances of you earning that £20,000 bonus? Uh, and I said, I don't want you to answer it today in the coach. Just I want you to come back in the next session and think about it. And he, and he do you go walking? And he said, yeah, I walk every morning. He said, well, you walk for 30 minutes. He said, because he said he didn't have time to listen to an audio book. So I said, well, how many of you did it when you went for a walk? He said, oh, I can do two things at once then. So um, I actually talked about Carol Dweck and her work on growth mindset. So we bought Carol Dweck's book on mindset. He had to go to the hospital appointment yesterday and he rang his and said, when I was in hospital waiting, I've finished the book. And he said, I now understand this whole terminology about growth mindset. Um, I'm blocking out my time. I've booked in role plays with the rest of the team to practice. Uh, and he said, I've worked it out for myself. 
I've had limiting beliefs for years. And he said, now I've got the right mindset, I can start applying some of these things. So, so I think that's a great example of getting somebody to focus on the goals and understanding you have good and bad days, but actually if you've got the right mindset, you can work your way through those difficult days as a salesperson. And for those of us that don't speak uh don't speak British. It's <laughs> it's Carol Dweck, right? Uh, with a D-W-E-C-K yeah, mindset, yeah. Yeah. the new psychology yeah. of success, right? That's yeah. the book. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, it's a great one. And I the it's a it's a lesson I've learned again and again and again. And you ha- I've been taught it in a in a variety of ways, right? Through life. Uh, but it's our mindset is the one thing that we can control that's the greatest gift to be able to control, right? That we don't have to give in to the, the emotion of the moment and we can control that mindset and push through. And I, so good for you, man, on helping people understand that and coach that, especially in the sales arena, because we get pounded. We get pounded at this point because people are thinking, I think there's been an overabundance of over prospecting, right? There's been yeah. an overabundance of poor, uh, of not focusing on on the core skills and the fundamentals that get us there, and so it it leads a majority of buyers that have had a negative experience. Uh, I would agree. I think I think there's something deeper in terms of the actual, you know, <clears throat> mindset that you that you have, and it, I, it comes back to this principle of discipline and commitment. I think there are lots of highs in sales. You know, there are lots of much when you when you win a deal and something lands or you get that order. I don't think there's any other role that you have in an organization that gives you that sort of high. You know, I, I think it's akin to scoring a try in rugby or a um you know a goal in football or soccer, you know, or hitting the, the home running base and hole. But there's a lot of work that goes into each of those activities in scoring a try, scoring a goal, scoring a home run. And it's the same in sales. There's a lot of grunt work to get that that deal over the line. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be prepared for those highs and lows. And I think that sometimes I think what we're missing today is that saying to salespeople, you've got to consistently apply for yourself. There is no magic source to success there's no magic wand we can wave you know if you're in new business you're going to have to consistently prospect and there are going to be days when you don't feel like prospecting there'll be days when you don't feel like practicing but actually if you do it and you do it you do it well and you get feedback that will that will help you improve so so i i think that's what we've got to really Leaders and managers have got to focus on it, and organizations have got to focus on is using the data and using the tools like Membrane to help with great coaching, be more consistent about it as well. I had a conversation with a gentleman named Scott Lees. Great, great guy. He's written a couple of books on, on sales management and leadership yeah. and that type of stuff. But he's, he resonates uh, directly with you in terms of the you know, understanding the individual the individual goals of that person, uh, being able to walk alongside them in those individual goals. And then one of the things I think we do, we do this in sales often, especially, and I've noticed it in the, 
a lot in the VC culture, and that's not a slam on the VC culture. It's just that that's where I've noticed it is to focus only on the end uh, result, and Ooh. instead of the focus on the a lot of the steps that get you to that consistent, yeah. to consistently build to that end result. Right? Yeah. We do it with a focus. I mean, process is incredibly important to have a, a great end result and repeating that process and yeah. repeated training, repeated coaching, repeated, you know, focus on the mindset and as a great conversation with Mornay on just, you know, mental, being able to mental health, right. Being able to yeah. focus on that, but you know, it's not all the responsibility of the company to do and the responsibility of the leadership. It, there's a lot of that falls on the salesperson themselves, but being able to enable those conversations, I think is what yourself and other great coaches are doing is being able to enable those conversations to show people the difference in mindset that that yeah. drives to that end result because yeah. we're always judged on that. You know, you're always judged on that end result in sales. Same thing in sports. You're always judged on did yeah. you try, did you win the game? But that's not a majority of the work. No, no, it, it's not. I think this is interesting because you know I'm training for this marathon, and the, you know it, it's in Leeds. There's lot. There's lots of hills. I've got a training plan which I'm following, and, and most weeks I'm able to do the long run with some of my running friends. You know, the the, the trends we going been going fairly well, touch wood. And um, the other week I had to do a long run on my own. It didn't go according to plan. I think after about three kilometers, I was already broken, and I was supposed to be running about 25 kilometers. I just sort of uh, kept plugging away. Um, <clears throat> run and then walked a bit, and I think I got up to about twenty-one kilometers and had to ring my partner and say, "Hey, you need to come and pick me up. I'm, I'm broken." And I, I, I unpacked that with my running friends, and they said, "Well, it's much better to have a bad run when you're training than on the day of the marathon because you you've locked that thought in your mind now, and you've learned how to deal with that experience." And I think it's the same in sales. I think. Too much we like, you know, we beat people up when something goes wrong. But I think if something doesn't go according to plan in sales, that's where you bank the learning and you say, okay, how can we unpack that? You know, my my presentation to Paul, you know, it went really badly. I wasn't in the zone when I, I logged into the call. I didn't prepare well. But what what can I bank from that? You know, was I was I tired? Did I have, you know, did I have low energy? What did I do with the thing? And I, I think we've got to really get people to learn from I don't see the the mistakes but things that don't go well in sales and mm-hmm. um, we, we've got to unpack the um unpack the coaching months and I, I remember you know when I first started in in sales with a financial services company the regional sales director was a guy called Jamie McIver said to me after he hired me he said if you don't make mistakes you're not doing your job well enough uh, and I yeah. asked him why he said that. He said, because he said, you're not trying hard enough if you don't make mistakes. He said, I'm not, he said, I'm not saying you should do because we're in finance service, do stuff that's not compliant. But if you don't make a mistake in the sales process, then you're not going to learn. He said, I'm not going to tell you to intentionally make mistakes. Well, actually, you learn by the things that you don't win and the deals you don't get. You know, because he said you won't have asked right enough questions, you won't have identified the the pain points, you won't have understood 
the decision making process. And, and he said, when you when that happens to you, you you'll learn, and you'll you'll learn lots about yourself, and then you can bank that learning. My daughter, she's ten, and she came. She's like, Dad, I learned this this great. You know what fail means? <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, I think so. Yeah, I know what fail means. But what do you think it means, honey? She goes forward, always in learning. <laughs> like, ooh, I like that. You know, that's awesome. Uh, that forward, always in learning. That's awesome. Yeah. So as one of her one of her teachers dropped that on her, but uh, it, you know, and I, one of the things I I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he. He had a, and just back to the sports relation, right? Which, and I think we do this a lot uh, in sales and I've done it myself. Whereas I, I had a buddy who's, you know, his kid went into, uh, went in cold, got put in it. It was a baseball game, went in cold. They're one run up in the ninth inning and the kid makes an error, right? And the coach goes after him. Like the, yeah. the, the coach went after him, like it was, uh, we lost the game because it was your fault and yada, 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 yada. And sometimes we do that in sales and it's not, that's not, uh, you know, that the kid is never going to want to go in there again and, and try and give and, and learn from that. You know, yeah. it's, you, it's essentially, you put all that weight of the weight of the game on, on him when it's yeah. coach had a factor in decision, putting him in cold, you know, uh, up the pitch that got thrown yeah instead of saying hey we'll get them next time that was an us thing we'll get them next time and i think more and more as we get as you get to the fundamentals and the fundamentals yeah. of coaching people i think it's we we do that in sales like getting the mindset right focusing yeah. on your goals how do we do this together how do we you know we got to minimize mistakes but we can make them yeah right I, and, and i think like you say it's not it's not beating somebody up over the head because they've made a mistake. Because actually, sales is not an individual sport. It's a, it, it, it's a team. It's a team effort. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be there'll be somebody at the front leading it, but they'll need you know, particularly in complex sales, they will need the support of technical people. You know, customer service, customer engagement, whatever, you know, whatever titles organizations give. But you've got to recognize that you. I always used to say, we win together and we lose together. Uh, and I think that's that's so important. I think you can analyze it afterwards, and if you don't win the deal, and say, you know, actually, what can we do differently? You know, what what can we what can we all learn? And I know that in you know team team sports, they do a lot of analysis when they don't win. Uh, and I think what's interesting in in team sports, having sports professional sports people, you know, you know, particularly in rugby, if they play on a, a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. You know, Monday morning, the first thing that the team will do is give each other feedback. You know, and that that feedback because it's it, it's sport can actually be quite brutal. And I'm not saying that we should go to that depth of brutality in our feedback with with salespeople, but I do think that if we were more candid with each other, we'd probably accelerate our performance more as well. You know, if we if we honestly felt that somebody in the team had let, had let us down because actually their mindset wasn't correct or they hadn't, you know, they, they hadn't prepared properly, that would probably accelerate performance. So I, I think circling back to something you asked earlier on, about, you know, mindset, I think it's the role of the leader to facilitate that discussion as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and say, actually, we did we not prepare as well? Actually, did we not practice as well? I, I mean, I, I can remember probably about three or four years ago, um, and th- this was actually post-sale when we were briefing the whole of the sales team by into objective management group. And um, it was a Friday afternoon and we had like the standard slide deck, you know, for the presentation. And it, it did not land well with the client. Uh, and I remember the member of my team was with me at the time on the call afterwards saying, hey, Pete, I know it's Friday afternoon, it's 5 p.m., but we really need to unpack this. And the feedback that has said, Pete, that's one of the worst performances ever. <laughs> Right, and I, I, I think it landed with me to think. Actually, I need to open my game here. Now, I'm the sort of person who will, who will take our feedback on board and say, actually, I'm going to learn from that. Yeah. And actually, the lesson is, did I, you know, I lose on the rest that actually, I've made an assumption. The clients already agreed the contract. This is in the setup phase, but actually, I should have gone in with a mentality of loving that client as much as I did in the courting phase of the relationship just because you've you've got them got the contract you know you could still lose it yeah it's being receptive to feedback as well you know you've got to be receptive and I, I, when i'm coaching i always try and frame it and say hey hey paul you know i i really want to discuss this and you know is it okay if i give you some feedback on what i've observed because uh, i you know I want the feedback to be constructive, but this is my perception of what I've seen or I've heard. And you can use things like, you know, so if you were giving yourself some advice, what advice would you now give yourself having heard, you know, how you delivered that message to your prospects or how that meeting went? I like that question. That's a great question. Yeah. And and we could could go on for a long time. I think we're going to end on that. I think that's a great, great ending spot for us one of the things i want to make sure that i ask you before our time is done is how people get how people get a hold of you if people want to talk to pete and have pete ask ask them questions such as what advice would you give yourself which is that's a fantastic coaching question um how do they get a hold of you probably the best way is to um contact me through linkedin if you start with p7 you'll find me uh there or you can um you can contact me by the Immerse website, which is uh, immersesales.com. I'd be more than happy to uh, happy to connect or happy to speak to people. That's E-M-E-R-S-E, right? That's correct, yes. Okay. E-M-E-R-S-E sales.com. That's right, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing sharing uh, your wisdom on sales with the world. I think it's going to be an, an awesome episode for everybody to listen to. And everybody with that, we're going to go ahead. Pete, any final words you want to say? Well, yeah, some, some final words. I think it comes down to being pragmatic, but being being positive. And uh, somebody once said to me, you know, why would you buy if a grumpy, miserable salesperson? <laughs> <laughs> so smile. Uh, I love it. I love it. With that, everybody, we're signing off on the art and science of complex sales. Have an amazing day and go out there and shine bright. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the art and science of complex sales. This podcast is sponsored by Membrane and our partners from around the globe. Here at Membrane, we believe that B2B sales is at a crossroads. 
due to decades of quantity-based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough is enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place, and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for their customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering, and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.